Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, I am beyond excited to share this episode with you guys. Today, you are going to hear my interview with Marla Gluck, who is the owner and founder of LA Press Juice Bar, a cold-pressed, organic, all-plant-based juice business in Los Angeles. In this episode, we talk a little bit about Marla's journey into starting a juice bar business. What was her inspiration and really how her experience with overcoming breast cancer uh, with juices and smoothies and really changing her diet became the strong catalyst for her to launch her business in LA. We also talk about her journey running a juice business full-time while having a full-time corporate job, which she still has to this day. And then lastly, Throughout the episode, we really talk about the things that she's learned throughout her three and a half years now running LA Press. And I kid you not, there are some powerful gems in this episode that I really want you guys to grasp. So without further ado, enjoy. So welcome to this episode. This is another very amazing and interesting episode in this new series that we've been doing where we've been interviewing uh, past and current clients. Today we have Marla Gluck, who is the owner and founder of LA Press. Uh, first, I just wanted to say thank you, Marla, for taking the time. I know you're a very busy Absolutely. woman. You just opened up a second store. So I wanted to start by talking a little bit about your journey. I know that your situation is a little unique in the sense that you um, have a family who had restaurants and so you grew up around the food service business. Um, but maybe you can just take some time and share with our audience, you know, what was your journey like getting into this business and, and really, you know, what was your inspiration? Um, well, yes, my um, family was in the restaurant business for many years. My dad and my uh, uncle um, had a traditional French restaurant in um, Ohio, and then they moved to um, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, and they opened up restaurants from there. So I grew up sort of in that world and realized from a young age that it was hard work. So I knew before I started on this endeavor that it was going to be time consuming and you have to be passionate about it and you have to, um, you have to want to serve people and be of that frame of mind where customer service is important to you and you enjoy that interaction with customers. And not until um, in my late 40s, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so it was sort of like a, a strange, you know, shift and pivot in my life where, you know, I'd always eaten okay. I was never a junk food person, but I suddenly became more aware of, you know, what does it mean to eat organic and what should I be putting in my body and sort of going down that path. And, you know, then it sort of turned into, well, you know, we got a, a small cheap juicer and we started juicing at home and we started experimenting with juices. And then it became, 
you know, it just sort of spiraled into let's, let's do this. Let's try mm-hmm. to open up a juice bar. Um, and I'm so glad we did. And it really has helped me actually continue down the path of cleaning up what I eat and the whole philosophy about, you know, what I should be putting in my body. And I think it's been like a year and a half now where I have not eaten oh, wow. at all. I occasionally have a little bit of cheese <laughs> here and there. Um, you know, and, um, and fish, but I mean, completely meat free and it didn't even phase me. It didn't really bother me. So I think it was, it was my being able to take my time to transition into that without feeling, you know, forced to have to do it, not on my terms. And it became very easy once I just, yeah. Yeah. I also find that, um, access is so important and critical when we are building new habits, right? just sheer exposure Mm -hmm. and knowing that for yourself, your staff, your community, uh, a lot of times we might know the habits that we want to create and maintain, but the question is how easy or how difficult is it for us to do those things? And so for me personally, you know, my experience running a juice bar business and being in the store, um, you know, more often in certain phases, uh, one of the things that I loved so much was just having so much access to, healthy products, healthy foods, juices, uh, smoothies, wellness shots, and just generally feeling amazing all the time because of how much, um, you know, just life I was consuming. And so, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that and, and, and looking at your story. So it it sounds like, you know, you going through this healing journey and, and taking a more natural approach and finding the power of that and really wanting to expose it to other people and, also talking, you know, about your history with your family owning food service businesses. I'm curious as to what things that you um, kind of were exposed to and you learned, because obviously at some point you reached out to us for support. And so in this process, you know, what were the things that uh, started to reveal themselves to you that you didn't expect um, that, yeah, that you began to learn? Well, I think a, a lot of it was, you know, I, I thought I knew who I needed to contact and what I needed to do. But like you said, this is a very specialized world and you really need to know how to find sources that have integrity and know how to find quality products. Um, you know, because if you're just making, you know, turkey sandwiches at a deli, there's a lot you can probably figure out yourself. Um But when you Mm -hmm. go into the specialized world and you're trying to source, you know, organic superfoods and organic produce, um, what is the best quality honey? What is the best quality almond butter? What, you know, you get into these, these really highly specialized lines of food and it's not so simple anymore as going out and, you know, buying deli meats for a sandwich. Right. And I think that this is something that a lot of times people don't realize um, that there is a big difference when you have a product that's uh, of a different caliber of quality, right? And the ingredients are a lot more fresh. Um, There is a sensitivity that you have to have to your production process to maintain uh, the quality of your product because, you know, we're not talking about some frozen deli meats that you can throw in a microwave and just, you know, plop on a sandwich that you're going to give to your customers. You're talking about, you know, a product that's raw, cold pressed, organic, not HPP, not pasteurized. And 
when you have a product that's so sensitive and ha- has to maintain a certain level of quality, there's a level of dynamism that that creates in your business um, because of, of, of just, you know, how important that quality is. And so did you feel like there were, you know, other things that stood out to you or other um, kind of distinct learnings that you had? And well, you know, even with, um, because now we, we sold the smoothies and juices and we've always had prepackaged um, organic foods from, you know, re- reliable sources, people where we know where the food is coming from. So people who did raw burgers or people who did, you know, moose with live cultures and things like that. Um, and now started to go down the path of saying, well, you know, if other people can make some of these food products, you know, why can't I start to research what we could sell and what we could put out there and keeping in line with the types of products that we've always, you know, sold. So being organic and being vegan and, and how do we find those products out in the, in the real world. And so, for example, um, we're putting out a mock tuna now and I've experimented with this recipe for months and months. And I had um, a customer of ours. She said, you know, you've got to be careful with the nutritional yeast. And so we've had this, you know, hour long conversation about nutritional yeast, which led me down a path of trying to figure out who really can produce non, um, you know, non-processed nutritional yeast right? and sort of now navigating the food side of the business to say, you know, I think if we do it, we can do it fresh and we can do it well. But now I have to start this whole process of once again, figuring out where do I find these foods? But I've learned, you know, from the juicing and from smoothies, you know, how now to go down that path correctly and not just, you know, find a product and it's okay to use that product. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of your journey has been centered around just the specificity of ingredients and the quality of the ingredients that you're using, which is, is, is such an important thing because that is the, uh, thing that is going to have the biggest impact on the customer, right? You know, what are they consuming? How was it processed? Where did it come from? Uh, Mm -hmm. and, so I can understand why that's been such a big thing and, and such a powerful thing. And a lot of companies aren't actually uh, putting this much attention into the quality of their ingredients. And I don't mean simply in uh, other sectors, right? I mean, actually in the juice bar business, uh, it can be rare that people have this level of uh, integrity and focus and attention towards the quality of the ingredients that they serve. And so um, I just want to acknowledge you, Marla, because knowing you personally and, and having worked with your business, I know how important these things are to you and and how, you know, your customers are benefiting from these things. Um, I don't think I actually ever told you this, but there was a period of time where we had a prospective client who was in LA that stopped by your juice bar because he knew that we had worked with you. And he said to me that LA Press was his favorite juice bar in the world. And I felt like that was amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> uh, and to me, it just makes me happy to see that because I do know the level of attention and uh, integrity you put towards the things that you serve. And so um, another thing to mention to the audience is that when you have higher quality ingredients, it's not just great for the purity of the product, but actually the flavor profile, 
right? Because people will taste mm -hmm. the quality of what is actually in their drinks, their juices, and their smoothies. Yeah, I found the times that we've had to use alternative suppliers. And even though they are organic, um, sometimes the quality just isn't as good as, you know, certain vendors. And it affects the flavor profile tremendously. Yes. And something that uh, a lot of times business owners do is they they will purchase lower quality ingredients in order to save money. And that ends up in some ways they, they don't realize how it's harming them because they're not creating a product mm -hmm. that is uh, delicious and that has a lot of flavor, a lot of vibrance to get their customers addicted to it it's where they, they, they can really feel the impact of the quality of those ingredients. And then they feel this need to come in every day. And, uh, and so obviously it's a fine balance in terms of how much money you're going to invest in and how you're going to pass that, that investment along to the consumer and, and, and the margins you have, but um, it's definitely something to always keep in mind. So switching gears, because I know something that's very unique to you is that you have maintained a corporate job this entire time. I don't know if mm -hmm. you still have your job now, but I know that when we were working together, yeah, you, you uh, had a full-time job. Are you still working full-time? Yes, I am. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I think that a lot of people would be interested in hearing more about that because I feel, um, you know, one, this is a, a question that a lot of people have, you know, is that possible? And then, you know, what's the reality of that look like? So, you know, I'm curious for you as to, you know, initially, why did you do that? Why didn't you quit your job and, and, and just dive full into, you know, full-time into the business? And, you know, what does that look like for you? Like, how have you been able to maintain running a business that now has two stores and a corporate job? Right. I mean, now I have, um, I work full time, but I still do a lot of the financial aspects of the business. So I do the payroll, I do the financial statements, I do the taxes, you know, I prepare them um, for our tax um, filer. I do some of the ordering for certain items. I'm, I'm available all the time, you know, if there are issues or questions. Um, it's a challenge, but we, I also now have my, uh, stepdaughter is the manager and she's running the shops. So there's that family, you know, that vested family interest in the shops right. doing well. Um, and you know, wanting, wanting what's best for the business. So it, it's worked out for me in this case. Uh, it obviously would have been wonderful if I could have just, um, you know, started the business and worked there full time, mm -hmm. but circumstances happen. And, you know, now we've got COVID and, you know, you've got to do what you got to do to make ends meet, yeah. but it, it's worked out and, and I'm thrilled. Um, I would love to spend more time there. Obviously it's a lot more um, enjoyable than right. what I do, <laughs> but I think eventually one day we'll get there. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I spend as much time as I can there and I'm, I'm still always constantly trying to come up with different ideas or different ways to sort of change it up for customers because, you know, our La Brea store has been there three and a half years. And now I want to, you know, introduce food and introduce different products and, and be able to yeah. make it new and different for people um, when they come in, because that is the one thing about the juice bar is, is you have a, really can only have a finite number of smoothies because you can't carry, you know, too many products. You just don't right. have the space to do it. Um, we actually have quite a few smoothies right now, 
uh, which is pretty amazing. And, you know, it's a really good mix. It's almost overwhelming the board when you walk in, but, um, you know, you, it, it's me constantly trying to think of different ways to um, bring back our, our customers and keep them happy with new products. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we believe that this is kind of the only way that we can do it. And, and you know, definitely it depends on how long you've been in business because I know your company's been around for three and a half years and you have a lot of regular customers. And so, um, yes, they probably are uh, wanting to experience new things. And, and also it's just intelligent, right, to look at your uh, POS mm-hmm. system and, and notice the sales trends and seeing how you can create new products that not only will be more exciting for your customers, but also maybe has you know, a better margin for you. I remember, um, in our business, you know, once we created this smoothie that, uh, was kind of a combination of the most popular smoothie and juice at the time. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it was just a matter of kind of changing the name and creating a new recipe based on what we were seeing. And then that smoothie started selling more than everything on our menu, which is another thing, you know, you'll, you'll find that there is, you know, oftentimes in almost all scenarios, uh, the 80 20 principle is at work, right? Where uh, certain products are being ordered disproportionately to other ingredients or other products. And so you can always remove the uh, lower performing products and incorporate new ones. So that way you're not always expanding your menu, but you're kind of innovating in the right way based on the data that you're getting. No, no, it is interesting to constantly look up at the menu and stare at it and stare at it and think, you know, what can I do here? What can I change here? You know, what can I put on Instagram? Because I can't put the same, you know, put out the same things over and over again. Right. Um, you know, we've got to come up with something, a new, a new hook. Right. But I also find that it's not always a matter of, of constantly needing to update the recipes, right? That's, that's part of it. Um, but it's also in some ways innovating on the way you position products because, you know, we both know that, a smoothie or juice is going to have a whole myriad of benefits, right? And it's not just going to be good for one thing. And so sometimes it's a matter of repositioning that product to let your audience and your customer base know that, Hey, it's also good for this or X, Y, and Z. And that way they can look at an old product and, or, you know, seemingly old product in new ways based on their health goals. And so um, definitely it's a, it's kind of innovating in both realms on the product and recipe side, but also in just understanding the narrative that you have around each product for your customer base. So something else that I actually wanted to circle back on, which the audience may not have uh, picked up on when you were talking about some of the work that you do in the business, you know, like the payroll and the taxes and all of that, is that you actually have a background, what you're doing day to day in the corporate world is accounting. So um, all of these things are kind of a natural um, expression of the, the work that you're doing day to day. But I'm also curious as to you know, what's your relationship like with your employer? Are they aware that you have this business? Are they pretty flexible with you? Um, how do you, how do you manage that? Um, you know, just considering the day-to-day demands of the business and your relationship to your job. Well, I, the, since I've had the juice bar, I've really been super lucky with my employer. Um, the company I was with through, um, for 13 years um, I recently left them at the end of last year, but they had um, our, a wellness program with us for almost two years and where we delivered once a week um, smoothies and juices to the staff. 
and the staff absolutely on Wednesdays, people still after two years came swarming down the elevator, swarming down the stairs to pick up their smoothies and juices every Wednesday. Um, and they all knew I did that and they were really, you know, flexible with me. Um, and even now, um, where I work now, they all are aware that I have the, the juice bar and they actually had me do a little zoom cast for everybody in the new office to show them around the, the juice bar. And I brought some products in. So yeah, so it's actually worked out really well. I think that's actually an interesting mutual benefit because, you know, a lot of us are aware that corporate wellness is becoming a bigger thing because employees know that if their or employers know that if their employees are sick less often, it's great for their productivity. And so, you know, to have somebody who's in the company that can um, not only provide product, but also educate the staff regularly is, is, is probably a, a, a win for both of you guys. So that's, that's great. Um, so something that we haven't spoken about yet is the fact that you just went from having one store to opening up your second location recently. And, you know, going from one store to two stores is definitely a big journey. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your inspiration as well as maybe any challenges that have come up. Well, most of it was, you know, we were we were getting to the point where we had no kitchen, as you know, at La Brea. And we really had to think about getting a kitchen because we were operating, you know, three nights a week overnight trying to juice. And so, you know, we wanted to make everyone's lives easier and bring some normalcy to the, the schedule. So at first we were really just looking for um, a kitchen before we decided kind of where we wanted to juice. Um, and then an opportunity came along. Um, my husband does um, apartment rehabs and there is an existing apartment complex who had space at the bottom of their building. And they were really intrigued by having uh, a juice and smoothie bar there. Um, there was also adequate space to build that kitchen. So no matter what happens with that location, since it is new and we opened it right when COVID hit, you know, end of February is when we opened. So um, we really don't have a customer base yet. Uh, it's going to take a while to sort of find that customer base, just as we did at La Brea. And it, and it will happen over time. But regardless, we found ourselves a kitchen that's adequate size that, that can handle also future locations. So I think most of it was driven by that need to have a kitchen and a place to juice, a dedicated right. space. And right. then, you know, because that prevented us from really growing. So are you doing all of the production for the La Brea location at this new location? Yes. So there's no more juicing at La Brea, which is why now I wanted to start to put, you know, because our, our staff used to do a lot of juicing functions. Um, I wanted to sort of supplant that now with what kind of food items can our people prep and make every day that right. are, you know, healthy raw foods that we can put out there because you're not juicing, you know, right. or you don't right. have juicing caps anymore. Thankfully, knock on wood. We've been so busy there the this summer that people have just been really busy doing smoothies and acai bowls and juice, you know, and, and handling right. customers. So, uh, you know, it's been it's been really nice to see that happen over there. Well, yeah, that's amazing to hear. Um, have you found that uh, your sales have kind of balanced out, or do you feel like now being in your third year that your sales are increasing or beginning to peak? Um, what have your sales looked like lately? Uh, actually, this summer was better than we've ever had. It, it wow. slowed down 
um, March and April. It was a little slow. I think people were tentative. People didn't really know how to get their food, where to get their food. I think everybody was going to grocery stores and taking things off the shelves and hunkering down, um, thinking, you know, I can't leave the house. But once people right. learned to socially distance and, you know, started to move back out into the world um, safely, um, our customers came and I think people were seeking out certain items like wellness shots. Um, it became, you know, mm -hmm. to the point where we couldn't even keep up. We would just run out of, of wellness shots uh, daily. So I, I think wow. people are looking for, because nobody knows, you know, what impact we know obesity is, you know, one of the signs of not being able to recover well from COVID. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people probably were looking at themselves and their health and maybe saying, you know, if I do get this thing, um, I want to make sure that I'm, my body is able to withstand, you know, what it's going to go through. We have, we've, we've actually had a lot of new customers. Um, you can see those on mostly on the Uber Eats and, and some of our delivery services where people will say that they're new customers. So it's nice to see that. And, I, and I'm thinking it's because people are shifting the way, hopefully, um, the, the way they, they look at food in, in, in this world we now live in. Yes, yes, 100%. And I feel like it's, it's you know, amazing that your sales have been doing so well because of this. And I've been observing uh, just having a lot of conversations with prospective clients and, and even a lot more newer clients because we've been busier than we've ever been because I feel like people are, you know, finally coming to realize that immunity is not something that you're just going to build in the ninth hour, right? Consumers and, and individuals are really seeing that this is something that they have to do to change their life fundamentally, right? Because the world isn't, as we've seen it historically, the world has only been getting more toxic, right? And people's lives are becoming you know, more filled with stress. And so the best thing that you can do to support yourself is to support your diet, right? Support the things that are going into your body on a regular basis to hopefully build a level of resilience for the multitude of things that might happen that a lot of us really can't even plan for. And it might be a pandemic. It might be something else. We don't know, but it's, it's beautiful to see people starting to get uh, more present to how important their health is on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and, you know, we can't go out there and say, oh, if, you know, if you drink our wellness shot every day, you won't get COVID. But I think sort of the message is, you know, if you put these good items and good foods into your body, you are going to be healthier in general. And so your body can withstand the, the, the pressures mm -hmm. or of a virus or the symptoms of a virus because your, your, your entire, you know, physiology can handle this better than if you are not in good shape or if you have diabetes or if you have, you know, high blood pressure, all of these things that make this particular virus more deadly. You know, if you start in general, like you said, in general, taking care of yourself and keeping your body in a normal, healthy state that when these unexpected things come along, um, you know, hopefully you're in a better position to fight them off yourself. Yes. And I think the movement for this is only going to get stronger and stronger. I think that um, corporations are, are now having more of an incentive to make sure that their staff is healthy just because we've seen the economic impacts and, and they'll, 
uh, put more resources and time and energy in this direction. And individuals are also ha learning more about the price of being unwell and sick, right? And it could be just relationally, it could be in their own financial circumstance, right? Because if you can't work, uh, and that could just be on a personal level, it doesn't have to be a pandemic happening. But if you get sick, there's all kind, you know, your family's impacted, you're impacted, your quality of life is impacted. And it's just, to me, it's this uh, beautiful time where a lot of things have come together and people are getting smart to the fact that it's really important that they take care of themselves. And the juice bar business to me is, and the growth in the juice bar industry and health and wellness industry is really a, is, is just a reflection of, of humanity, psychology, maturing and changing in, in a positive way. So I think it's beautiful to hear. Um, now I'm curious about, you know, what your experience running a business looks like now, having been in it for so long, right? Cause I know that in my own experience, when you start, there can be this kind of initial, uh, let's say like shock, uh, because of just how your lifestyle changes. It's so new and disorienting. Um, and then eventually as you start to learn about what works and learn about the things that could come up and how to, um, prepare for those things, you start to get into a little bit more of a flow and in, in, in a rhythm. And so, uh, I'm curious as to, you know, what's your experience like now having been in this business for so long and do you feel like you've hit uh, kind of a flow or, or you found yourself in a certain kind of stride uh, that feels better than in the early phases? Yeah, I mean, definitely at the beginning, um, a lot of turnover in, in the, um, a lot of turnover in the, in the staff um, made it difficult at the beginning and because it was new to mm -hmm. us. Uh, and we were still learning all the recipes and all the fine points of, of purchasing and, you know, all of those good things. I think it's a lot, a lot it runs much smoother now. Turnover is, is much less now because we know how to hire correctly. Um, I think we changed, we changed the way we thought the perfect employee would be to what really works well for our business now instead of trying to force a certain type of person behind the bar. Um, now we look for different qualities. So turnovers less, customer service is better. Right. Um, now that we know our products and we have our, yeah, right. our, you know, our core vendors, you know, it's, it's we're constantly searching for coconut shreds or we're not constantly searching for something better. We're really happy with that. And, and we also have found a, a, a pretty good formula you know, I'm gonna say employees are, and you told me this at the very beginning, it's gonna be the most difficult area um, is employing the right, right people, but it's definitely gotten better. Right. And I'm, I'm curious to dive into that more deeply. So, you know, what did you feel like the ideal employee looked like in the beginning and how has that changed? And, you know, what does that person look like to you now? And I think a lot of the focus at the beginning was um, somebody who, really already was yeah. living this lifestyle who knew everything about superfoods, who knew everything about, right. um, you know, juicing, who, who was an expert. And it's, it was really hard to find people who were really, really good at that. And sometimes the people mm. who were really good at yeah. that weren't necessarily really good at customer service. So they, they may have been able to stand behind the counter and give you a wealth of information, 
but sometimes they didn't interact well with customers and customers were turned off and never returned. So it became more of finding that, you know, are you interested mm, in this yeah. lifestyle? And is this something you're passionate about? We don't, you know, we certainly don't want somebody back there who just does it for a paycheck, but we also wanted to make sure that they like being in the restaurant business, that they enjoy customers and they enjoy customer service. And that if you don't know the answer to something right away, you know, we have ways right. for you to get answers for customers. So, you know, yeah. making it easier for them, having checklists for them, having lists of superfoods and their benefits so that if somebody did ask a very specific question, you know, we have a book that tells you what that is and it'll take two minutes of your time to, you know, work with a customer. And I would pull it out too. when I was there. somebody asked me, you know, what's, you know, what's really good at helping to regulate blood pressure? Well, let's pull the book out. Let's take a look and see what we have here. And sometimes I remember one customer caught me on one of them. We couldn't figure out and we went straight to Google. So we just, we wanted people who wanted to help people who wanted right. to learn more and who had could provide really good customer service instead of finding this person who, you know, was, has a wealth of experience in, in, you know, in this vegan world. So it's sort of a fine balance, but, but we sort of shifted it a little more towards the customer service end. And I felt that that served us better. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of echo that sentiment that for me in my journey as an entrepreneur hiring so many people and, you know, firing and having many employees quit and all these things. Uh, one of the main things that I've learned is that it's much more important to hire somebody who has the right sort of character traits and aptitude uh, for growth than somebody who might, you know, look like on paper someone who has already arrived because, you know, you can have someone who's living the lifestyle and they've got the diet and all that stuff is great and it's beautiful. It's definitely beneficial, but they might not be uh, great with other people. They might not communicate well, or they might have zero experience in food service. And so they have no idea how um, the pace of a kitchen should actually run and how, how quickly customers order should get out. And so um, there are all these things that, uh, you know, we can look at and, and when you learn that it, that your job as a business owner is really to cultivate people, right? Like you're really growing, um, people and if they are interested in the product and they're willing to learn to me, that's the most powerful and important thing. Not that you find someone who looks like they are the ideal person for the business, but may not actually fit when it comes to, you know, putting your feet on the ground and doing the work. So, so yeah, also knowing that uh, just them being in that environment, right? It's hard not to get infected by the beauty of the product, right? Just being around juices and smoothies and fresh produce and food is 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 infectious, you know, in the in the most positive and positive um, way. Yeah, no, no, definitely, and and you can see that by people who, like you said, who've never worked in the health food industry per se. We've had people who you've worked at cafes, but not necessarily, um, you know, organic or vegan. And, you know, you can sort of see when they taste new things or test new things, you know, if we come up with a new smoothie and they all get excited and they all you know, are interested in learning about it. Like, that. and I think, like you said, it's that willingness to be open and to want to learn it and to want to be a part of it. And customer service, customer service, customer service. <laughs> it really, 
so important and there's no way to overemphasize it. Uh, and remarkably, um, we have these really young 17 yeah. and 18 year old who are college, new college students, and they're eager to have a job. And some of them are, they're already vegetarian right. or vegan or, you know, whatever it is. And they are oh, the hardest workers and they are of this generation that just loves this industry. And so we've sent, you know, we're sort of attracted to those sort of employees now too, who I would have never thought, you know, hire an 18 year old, um, but remark, they work really hard <laughs> and they, and they, and they are of a generation that is already knows a lot about. Right. Organic because they, in a lot of ways, grown up with it. It's kind of like technology, right? You see, I see like one-year-olds and two-year-olds with cell phones. And it's just, it's obviously amazing to us because I didn't grow up that way and neither did you, but it's something that, that is just a, a natural reaction to the time that we yeah. live in. And, and um, something else that I want to, you know, emphasize and drill down on is the customer service, which, you know, you talked about, and I just want to echo that as well, um, because a lot of business owners don't realize that it's so critical. Mm -hmm. They're oftentimes thinking about the product and putting attention on the product, innovating on the product. And they don't remember that, or they don't realize that, you know, human beings are social creatures. The part of the reason that they go to a juice bar is the juice, but the other part of it, and it might be even more important than the product. I, I can't say how much, but is the mm -hmm. fact that they're going to have a human interaction that's hopefully enjoyable. And we use this terminology like customer service, and it's such a, um, it's such a business terminology. And, it, and I think it becomes impersonal, whereas mm -hmm. the truth is it's just about human connection, right? People want to go to places where they feel connected to other human beings and most individuals which much prefer to walk into an environment where they feel like their community is there their friends are there uh than some place where they feel unseen you know not cared about and and unimportant so um you know do you want to go to the juice bar that you feel like your best friends work at or do you want to go to the place where you could just be another number yeah yeah and and even even realizing that you can turn a situation around that has maybe not gone well. Um, and, you know, we live in this world now where you have Yelp reviews and you have Uber reviews, you're constantly being reviewed and constantly have customers, you know, reputation used to be word of mouth. Now it's out in the, you know, Twitterverse and the Yelpers and it's, it's everywhere. And we had a review from a woman uh, about a month ago. And he said, you know, the custom, I, it was my first time coming in. I felt very rushed by the two ladies that worked there. You know, they handed me my product, you know, they asked for my card and it seemed like they were trying to push me out of there so fast and get on to the next person. And she said, the product was great, but the customer service was awful and I won't come back. And so I messaged her privately and said to her, you know, I'm, I apologize for that. You know, I'll, I'll try and look back at the tape or look back at the day and find out who was working and see if a conversation can be had. Um, but I said, I really want you to come back and I, I'm going to leave a, a gift card for you at the register and I want you to try again. And I'm going to let the staff know that you're coming in because I don't want that to keep you from coming back because, you know, overall we do really well with customer service and I, you know, and I don't want this experience to hold you back. And I found that when I do that, people are very responsive mm. and you have to be able to look past that negative, not take it personally. 
And, you know, even if I know that sometimes the staff people are overwhelmed and, you know, especially with COVID now and the social distancing and people are six feet distance and they're standing outside the shop in a line and all you're thinking is I need to get them in and out of this line and you're trying to move people along <laughs> and you may not realize that what you're doing is making them feel not important. Right. And, you know. It could be hour six of their shift and they're exhausted and mm. they're just trying to get through the line. Yeah, right. And so, you know, I look at it both ways. I don't come down hard on staff. A lot of times I'll look at videos and sometimes the staff isn't doing anything wrong. But the fact that she, for whatever reason, she perceived it as such. Yeah. Um, she didn't say anything that was out of line that made me think she sincerely didn't feel she was treated well. And it's a $25 gift certificate for me, but it might bring her back. Right. And 100%. it has brought back up before. And so you have to take your ego out of it and, and say, you know what? She felt bad and I need to, you know, honor that. So beautiful. I, I really hope people are grasping what you're sharing because uh, it's, it's so important. I've seen uh, business owners on Yelp get defensive about the customer experience. You know, somebody goes on there and makes a complaint <laughs> and, and, and the business owner's defensive saying, well, no, that didn't happen. You were yelling at my staff. And it's, it's like, all of that is irrelevant. That's not the point. The point is, is that the customer had an experience where they didn't feel seen or they didn't feel important. And the intention uh, for you as a business owner is not to give them that experience. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's just about expressing your intention, that our intention is to make you feel cared about and seen. And uh, we'd love to have an opportunity to do that. And not that you can make everybody happy, but it's just about maintaining that position of, of really being there to serve people. Um, and, you know, just another kind of quick tip that I, I thought about and, and, and really kind of reframing the experience for customers and for your staff is that, you know, you can create an environment where people don't feel rushed. Your staff doesn't feel like they have to get people in and out and customers don't have this feeling of wanting to get in and out when you really create that connection between one another uh, because it, your business can become the destination point, right? It is the thing that people look forward to. And so they're not in a rush to get out because when they've gotten there, they've arrived, right? They've arrived at the place that they want to be. And so, you know, something that I would do if it is a time where it's busy and, you know, is just acknowledge that, right? Like either walk out into the space and although right now in this moment, people have to socially distance, but just to invite them maybe to meet the person behind them or like, you know, do something to create cohesion and a collective environment where people feel more connected to one another, because that's going to ease their, their, any tension they have, but it's also going to make them feel more comfortable settling in to whatever the experience is. And so, um, kind of moving towards the last question that I love to ask people is that, you know, in this journey, there's so much that happens, right? There's so many ups and downs and there's, you know, so many kind of triumphs and tribulations. And, and I'm always curious as to, you know, what your experience has been, uh, where you've had things reflected back to you that affirmed your reason for doing this. Right. What were the things that you've experienced that made you think, wow, you know, I'm really glad that I took on starting this business because this moment made it worth it for me. You know, can can you can you share a little bit bit about that with our audience? You know, it happens frequently, actually. I was I happened to be in the juice bar this weekend and I came in just because my son's one of my son's teachers met him there Saturday at, at noon. She was coming in for to grab a smoothie. She'd never been there. 
And while I was there, I always, you know, if I go in there, I spend two hours cleaning and looking at things and, you know, putzing around in general. And I met um, a customer and her mom. And apparently the girls all knew her, which was wonderful. Like you were talking about the girls behind the counter knew her and her mom by name. And they were talking to her and they were sharing stories since they'd last seen each other. And um, one of the staff members said, well, this is Marla. She's our owner. And so the mom and the daughter sat there and talked to me for like 10, 15 minutes about how much the juice bar meant to them and how um, the mother was trying to eat healthier and be healthier. And it's those experiences when, you know, when you, like you said, when you stand out there and meet these customers and find people who are connected to it the way that you are connected to it. And it, it sort of reinforces the reason why. You yeah. And I find that happens so often if you're open to it, you know, not everybody, people that I really yeah. do. Yeah, it's 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 really profound and it's powerful. I feel like it's something that was an interesting evolution for me is going from this place where, you know, before your business exists, it's very personal, right? It's like it's yours. It's your idea. It's all of these things. And then once you put your business out into the world and it really becomes the communities, and I don't mean that as a as a concept, I mean that as a living reality when you can really start to talk to people and you feel how much your business means to them and how much impact it's had on their lives, uh, I feel like the relationship you have with why you're doing what you're doing just um, changes. It evolves. It becomes much more mature. And, or I should say, um, you kind of have this fire in you to continue to support people's lives. Uh, I remember one story um, that was really impactful for me. I remember there was a customer that I had become friends with just through kind of the frequency of them visiting the juice bar. And every time I was there and he was there, you know, we'd sit down and talk and just catch up and see how things were going. And many years after he had been visiting the juice bar, he told me, he said, you know, Andrew, I never mentioned this to you when I first started coming, but I started coming because I got diagnosed with cancer and I didn't want to take a traditional route of healing. And I knew that your business was there and I made a commitment to myself to come and visit you guys every day because I knew that you guys had really high quality products and I just love the energy. And, you know, now it's been, I forget how many years, two or three years and I'm cancer free. And I just wanted to say thank you for doing what you're doing. And to me, it was, you know, it's moments like that where you're just so impacted and you feel so much clarity around how important it is for you to do what you do. And um, the business really becomes the communities. It's not yours anymore, right? It's not simply yours. It's really, you, you start to see that it's, it's so much bigger than you. And the interesting thing is that this is one story of many that I'm aware of, but I oftentimes think about the people who have been impacted by my business that I'm not aware right. of, that I, that don't even know I exist, that I don't know they exist, but still have this feeling towards your company to my company. Yes, right? no, it's absolutely. Like, and, and to hear things like that, it, it just makes you realize that you made the right decision, you know, and that, you know, to think that something you did means that much to somebody else, like you were saying. It's, it yes. Really is oh my something. gosh. Yeah. There, to me, there's no amount of money in the world that I could make or lose that could make those experiences, uh, you know, Right. more valuable. It's the most important thing, right? When you feel that you remember and you know why you're doing what you're doing, because it's so, uh, it's just, yeah, it's so profound. It's like, that is the point. And so, um, 
on that oh, note, let's, we will conclude this episode. Thank you so much, Marla, for taking the time to uh, join us and tell us a little bit more about your journey and, and offer so much beautiful insight and wisdom to our audience. Uh, if people want to find more and just follow the journey of LA Press, you guys can find them uh, on Instagram at LA Press Juice uh, and on their website, LA Press Juice. And uh, as always, hope you guys are inspired to start your businesses. Hope you're happy and healthy. If you guys do need support, you guys can find me at Andrew at startajuicebar.com. We run a full spectrum development firm to really bring your vision to reality so we can create a world where there are more healthy food service businesses than there are unhealthy food service cafes. So with that, thank you, Marla, and I'll see you guys at the next one. You're welcome. Thank you, Andrew. Stay safe.